0: Good morning, all you Miravillians this morning. I'm glad you're here. We we greet you in the name of Jesus. That's a name that's above every name. We want to open the service up with prayer like we always do, because without prayer, we get nothing done. I'm going to ask Brother Gene if he would stand and pray for us this morning. You would let's all stem page one hundred and thirty. Page 114, remain standing.
1: Yeah.
2: As close to me, I'm not afraid to face the problems of.
1: you hey.
0: As you know, Brother John's out, and I'm filling in for him this morning. As way of announcements, I want you to listen up, Moravillians. There will not be no church this coming Wednesday night. Brother John will be preaching, and the choir will be singing at Throne of Grace Baptist Church in Gainesville, Georgia, and it's at 7 p.m., this coming Wednesday. So if you show up here and there's nobody here, just go ahead and have your own devotion. And it's time, it says in the announcement, it's time uh, again for this year. We have started to collect the items for the Thanksgiving baskets. And I'll tell you, last year that was a blessing to be a part of, to try to help people, the poor people that are around us, and we're collecting green beans, mac and cheese, cranberry sauce, stuffing, and Brother John has added butter and butter sticks and frozen pies, so if you can bring them to the church, the families that would receive that, it would be greatly appreciated. I got one announcement I know it's got just a date in the uh, bulletin, but we do have the officer's banquet coming up uh, where we take all the officers in the church out to eat uh, just to show our appreciation for what they do through the year. And that's going to be November the 5th at 5 o'clock. As far as I know right now, it'll still be at the Smith House unless somebody can give me a good suggestion that we can afford (laughs) to go to... uh, or we could all be together, but uh, that is open up to the whole church. If you're not an officer, you get you can go with us, but you have to just pay for your own. But that'll be at five o'clock uh, on November the fifth at the Smith House. As of right now, if that changes, I will let you know. singing this morning, didn't you? And I tell you, it touched me. It touched my life. I thank God for his presence and his power. Thank God for the opportunity to stand. I do want to say this. It is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I appreciate my pastor, Brother John. Can't mention Brother John without mentioning Sister Deb, because when they are one, ain't they? And they're dear friends to me. Dear sweet Children of God. And I believe this, and I'm not just saying this. I believe that we've got the best pastor that I know of in the world. I've heard a lot of good ones. But it's hard to find one, Brother Scott, that will care for you and love for you and feed you. Take time with you and, and just love on you as Brother John and Sister Deb does, and I'm so appreciated that God crossed our paths many years ago, and we're going through this journey together. Now, I say this on a kid note. I'm I'm a pre-trib. I believe that we're not going to go through the tribulation, but when the Braves lost last night, I thought that the tribulation period had started in my house. But then I saw Tennessee whip Alabama and I got back right on the doctrine. Amen. (laughs) Nothing wrong with having a good time, is there? Hey, I'll say this on a kidding note. Did you hear about the little boy? He couldn't behave. He wouldn't behave and it was raining out. And his mama couldn't do anything with him. And she said, Henry, why can't you be a good little boy? He said, well, I will, Mama, for a dollar. And she said, no, why can't you just be like your daddy and be good for nothing?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, that came out wrong, didn't it? All right. if you have your Holy Bibles with you, that's your King James Bibles. I'd like for you just to stand with me just for a moment. I promise you, I'm not going to be very long today. Now, when I say that, I just, you know, I don't know. As far as I know. But I want you to turn your Holy Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2, please. And there's a word that God has spoken to me. In my heart about, and it's been on my mind for some time now, and it's a word that I think that ought to remind us. In Ephesians chapter number two, this is the, the church at Ephesus, and Paul is talking primarily mostly to Gentiles here. This church was made up of mostly Gentiles, and there was partial Jews in. This church. But verse number 11, the Word of God says, Here's wherefore remember that ye being in past, in times past, Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, that which is called the circumcision in the flesh. Made with hands. Now Paul's making a distinction. Between the covenant that God made with Israel only. To the Jews only of the circumcision. And verse number 12. Paul is reminding them this. He says that at the time. Ye were without Christ. Being aliens. Aliens. From the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope and without God in this world. But thank God for the next verse that we come to. Paul says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. I'd like to have, it's good to have Brother Scott with us. Brother Scott Tanner. Brother Scott, you lead us in prayer. Yes, Yes. Yes. Amen. You be be seated. When I came across this passage, Paul is just reminding the saved Gentiles of what they used to be before their conversion to Christ. He said that the Gentiles had no hope, They had no religion. They were strangers. They were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. They had no right to any of the God-given articles that Israel had. They had nothing they could go back to unless they proselyted themselves into the Jewish heritage. But the Gentiles were without. And there's two words in this that I want us to try to look at. And there's only one word that I'm going to preach on First, I want you to look with me in verse number 11, the word remember. Remember. Remember what it used to be like when you were without Christ. And look with me in verse number 12. This is a very interesting word. That at the times ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants Of the promise having no hope, and here it is, and without God in this world. I want to preach a message on the subject this morning. You better not leave the world without these three things. Don't leave the world without these three things. First of all, the word that I'm looking at and interested in this morning is the word without. The word without, according to Webster, says it's a state of destitution. It's absent from. It's on the outside of. It means, friend of mine, without side the gate. Brother Terry, without access. It means, friend of mine, that you can't get to the other side because you are without access. Amen? That's what Webster says. Now, Webster's not an expert on the King James Bible, but he is on the English language. And I will take his word for what it means that it is, friend of mine, without. This word resonated in my spirit for, for some time now without. Without, Think about how awesome that word is, without. It is a negative and a positive. You can be here today without COVID. Praise God, that's a positive. And you can be here today without some type of an illness, and that that is a positive. But I'm here to tell you, friend of mine, the most tragic and the greatest blunder that man can ever make in his life is to be without access to God. It's interesting, Brother Scott, I looked it up. I'm not an educated man. And you'll know that when I get done with you this morning. But I looked it up in Ephesians and I looked the word up. And it's interesting that in the Strong's Concordance. And I'm not a Greek and I don't know Greek and I don't pretend to know Greek. That word without in the Greek. Is the word Athious. Atheous. What does the word Atheois? Does it sound familiar to you? Translate into our language. It is the word that we get atheists from. And may I say to you that we down here look at somebody who says that they don't believe in God, we entitle them as an atheist. But God looks at it differently than we do. God says an atheist is not somebody who just doesn't say that I exist, but an atheist is everybody who's without God. And the reason that is, is because both the one who says there is no God and the one that's without access to God end up in the same place, friend of mine, without God. The abandonment of God, dear friend. May I say to you today that the first thing that we need to look at hurriedly It's found in Hebrews 11 verse number 6. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. You better not leave this world without a genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That friend of mine will cost you everything. And God requires faith. God has always required faith. And it's faith now. It it was faith then. It's faith now. And it'll be faith that gets you into the access, into the presence of God. Faith. 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 Webster said faith is this. I looked it up. He said faith is to trust, to believe, and obey. But here it is written out, faith is the affectionate, practical confidence in the testimony of God. Let me just give it to you in a country sense, faith is taking God at his word. Faith is believing what God says in this book. There's three kinds of faith that the Bible knows anything about. The Bible teaches us that there is zero faith, there is little faith, and there is great faith taught throughout the word of God. May I say to you today, friend of mine, all of us in this room are involved in one of those three today. Either we are here today and we have no faith, or we have little faith, or we have great faith in whom we say we believe in. I remember one time I ran into one of these so-called atheists. And he came up to me and he said, brother, I, he said. Uh, he didn't say brother, he said, I hear that you're a Bible thumper. I said, yeah, I'm a preacher, try to be. He said, well, I'm an atheist. What do you think about that? I said, well, I don't believe you're an atheist. What do you think about that? <laughs> Boy, that'll stomp him up. He walked over to the workbench chair, got frustrated and come back. He said, well, the problem I got with you is you can't believe uh, you cannot prove to me to make me believe that there's a God. I said, I can't make you to believe anything, and I can't prove to you God. But the problem you got is bigger than that. You can't prove there's not a God. Right. Well, that locked his jaw. And I said, supposedly, just supposedly, there's not a God, just for a moment. And I believed and followed God's instructions. I still would live a better life than you'll live without him. But because there is a God, you're going to lose everything when it's all said and done. Without, without God, It's a terrible thought, isn't it, Brother Ron? And we need to be reminded that there's people all around us today, friend of mine, that are without faith in this world. And it's our job as Christians to share our faith, uh, to to listen, to to tell people that there's a God and give them a reason why God uh, lives inside of us. And, And when they ask us to be able to share our faith, friend of mine, with a lost and a dying world that is lost without God and without hope, I'm going to tell you what faith is not faith is not a feeling <laughs> boy we live in a generation today that everything's got to feel right in order for it to be done I don't feel right I don't feel like it it doesn't feel just right on I mean it doesn't hey the feel the feel did you realize that your feelings the most shallow part about any of us is our feelings friend of mine what if you ran on feelings when you operated your job, and the way you operated your job? Just suppose for a moment today that you didn't, on Monday morning, tomorrow, you didn't feel like going to work. What would happen, huh? You wouldn't get paid. What if you just felt like uh, uh, not doing certain things in life? But listen, faith is not based on feelings. Faith is based upon facts, friend of mine. Fact, faith, and feeling were all on the wall. And as long as faith kept his eyes on the fact, he stayed on the wall. But as soon as feeling turned around, uh, as soon as faith turned around to look for feeling, he fell off the wall. Hey, we gotta put our feelings aside. Uh, Folks, we've got to put our feelings aside, brethren. And we've got to do this thing for the glory of God. Just for the simple fact that faith is based upon the word of God. And we ought to obey God. We believe God. If we're in faith. Faith. Is not some feeling. Faith. Brother Warren is not a stab in the dark. You know you got these guys on TV. Preaching messages. Like faith is some type of a stab in the dark. Or something or another. That it's just some blind thing. Faith is not a stab in the dark. Faith is a walk in the light. The Bible tells us the interest to thy word giveth light. The Bible says, friend of mine, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Uh, 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 there was a man uh, years past. His name was Dwight L. Moody. And Dwight L. Moody said he kept praying for God to increase his faith. And he said his faith was stagnated. And he was getting kind of disappointed in, in himself, which we all do at times. And Dwight L. Moody come across the verse in Romans ten seventeen, where it says, so, uh, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith, friend of mine, is hearing the word of God. Faith is believing the word of God. And listen to me, this is important. And faith is obeying the word of God, friend of mine. And that's all Noah did. Noah heard the word. He heard the word without a Bible. He heard the word, friend of mine, without a choir. He heard the word without a pastor. Noah heard the word. He believed it was God on the other end of it. And then he took an axe and found some for trees and he playing them out and that obedience saved him and his house. Amen. How does your faith grow? You get in the book. And when I say the book, I'm talking about the authorized King James Version Bible. I'm talking about the holy inspired Bible of God. Hey, I got no time to argue with some preacher, uh, some preacher somewhere that can't find their Bibles. We got people today that claim to be preachers and can't even find their Bibles. And I know they're not preaching the word of God because friend of mine, they're preaching out of some other version. Now, friend of mine, uh, that man has friend of mine. I believe with all my heart that the King James Bible is the authorized version. It is inspired of God. It is perfect. And what does it matter how God, what tools God uses a friend of mine to preserve this book God has got the power to preserve it and God written every word down by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and he preserved it for us friend of mine and the word of God is not everything God knows the word of God is everything God wants us to know God knows everything hallelujah May I say to you this morning, friend of mine, you want your faith to increase? Open this precious book up. The Bible says in Psalm, uh, Proverbs 30 verse 5, every word of God is pure. Every word of God is pure. And he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. The psalmist said in Psalms 119 verse number 9, you want to keep from sinning so much? Hey, Christians, we don't, we're not sinless, but we try to sin a whole lot less, don't we? You want to send a whole lot less? Get in the Bible and find out what God says about, friend of mine, our lives, our conduct, and how we conduct ourselves down here. Psalms 119. And verse number 9 said, where shall all the young man cleanse his ways? Here's the answer by taking heed unto according to thy word. The reason people today, friend of mine, are sinning so much and so prevalent is the lack of the knowledge of the word of God. You want your faith to grow? Get in the word of God. Study the Bible, friend of mine. Study it out. And you'll see your faith, friend of mine, uh, grow and grow and grow in God. And you'll be able to trust God more and more and more as you believe his word. And that you obey his word. And that you follow him friend of mine. In obedience by faith. Do not leave this world. Without faith. In God. Faith. It's the Lord's word. Brother Scott it ain't ours. It's his. Psalm 68 11 said the Lord gave the word. And great was the company of them that published it, Brother Terry. You know who the company of was, the the holy men of God that published it? It was none other than God himself. They, They were in good company. This Bible is running this entire universe. Not Washington, not Russia, not China. This book is running this entire world on the course that God set it on, friend of mine, and nobody will be able to turn, and that's why you need to open your Bible, study your Bible, so that your faith may increase, friend of mine, and so that you can end up leaving this world with great faith. Second Timothy 2.15, kids probably all know that, they, they learned it. Study, To show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. The first word, Brother Scott, study. Boy, that's a (laughs) stomp. I'm hung up right there. Because study causes somebody to have to work. Studying the Bible takes work. It takes effort. It takes, friend of mine, prayer. It takes, friend of mine, obedience. Study the Bible to show yourself approved unto God, and your faith will increase. I'm thinking about a man in the Bible. His name was Abraham. He was the father of faith. I'd just like to use him for a moment in Genesis 22. In verse number 1, the Bible says that God did tempt Abraham. Now, if you don't study the Bible right there, you'll think that God somehow or another was enticing Abraham to do something wrong. But God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does He tempt any man with evil, according to the epistle to James. And that word friend of mine Kemp, there is the word test. And I want to tell you something Christians today. Your faith if it's real you can expect God to test it. Let me explain it to you like this. A faith that has never been tested is a faith that can never be trusted. <laughs> Woo, I'm glad that God designed it that way. Could you imagine all of us Merrillvillians getting on a plane? Just imagine with me. And we're all on a plane and we're fixing to take a trip. And the pilot comes on and says, welcome to so-and-so flight. We're glad you're here with us. And by the way, this plane that we're on is brand new and it has never been tested. We don't know if it can fly or not. I'd be the first to unbuckle and get out the door because somebody's got to live to tell what happened to y'all. Amen. <laughs> or how would you like to show up to a dentist? And the dentist says, "How you doing? I'm doing fine. He opens up the drawer and there's a string and a pair of pliers there. They've been tested. Better yet, how would you like to have your first surgery? Huh? And you're nervous and the doctor comes up to you and says, you, you look kind of nervous. He said, I am, it's my first surgery. And the, the surgeon looks at you and says, Don't, I know how you feel, this is my first surgery. No, our faith is going to be tested by God. Listen to me. Faith is not tested so much between good and evil. Faith is tested from love to supreme love. Let me ask you. What if God, who gave you these blessings, and he has, it came from him. Ask you for one of those blessings back. Would your faith be strong enough to give it back to God, to trust God with it? It reminds me of a little boy that was uh, next to Niagara Falls. This man was walking along a wire. He was a, one of those wire walkers. What do you call him? He was a wire walker. And this little boy was watching him. He walked across it. He walked back across it. And then he got a wheelbarrow. And he put the wheelbarrow on the wire and he walked across with the wheelbarrow. And then he walked across, and he looked down at the little boy and he says, do you believe that I can do that? The little boy said, yeah, I believe you can do it. He said, well then why don't you come on in and get in the wheelbarrow? And the little boy shook his head and said, no, I don't want to get in the wheelbarrow. See, it gets a little different when you got to get out and get into the wheelbarrow with God. But you know what the little boy said? He said, I can believe you do it, but I can't trust you with my life. I'm telling you that there's a God in heaven that you can trust, friend of mine, with the big things and the little things in your life. And this is what he asked Abraham. He asked Abraham, friend of mine, the test was not between good and evil. The test that God gave Abraham, friend of mine, was love to supreme love. Maybe it was that Isaac was waning Abraham's love a little bit for God, his father and god said i want you to take your son your only son and carry him to mount moriah i want you to set an altar up and i want you abraham to offer him up unto me and abraham by faith did exactly what god said and i'm here to tell you god's not mean god doesn't want to take friend of mine things from you but god will not play second fiddle to anybody or anything in our lives today And if there's something that God's given you that's a blessing that turns, friend of mine, your heart away from God, perhaps God may ask for it back. Faith is, friend of mine, not asking so much of God and receiving of God. Faith is accepting, friend of mine, what God has given you already. Faith. Don't leave this world without it. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Oh, I say, give us the faith of Abraham and say, oh God, I've had an illness. I've got an illness in my body now. I don't know what at all is going on in my body now. I told Brother John the other day, I said, Brother John, I'm going to stay with the Lord Jesus Christ if they've got to wheel me in here in a chair. He said, I'll sit right next to you and drool with you myself. Amen. <laughs> but it's accepting what God's given us. If it's good or if it's bad. You see, this is why a lot of Christians have a falling out with God, because their faith is so little in who they say they believe in, that they can't trust Jesus to get them across to the other side. Well, I mean, we've got people today, they say they believe in the Lord, friend of mine, and, and, and they'll get on a jet plane, and they'll look at a pilot. Hey, look, there'll be a guy there with a blue suit on with wings. And this guy is flying around in tons of freight, tons of steel, tons of fuel. And we'll look at his wings and say, well, I can trust that guy with my whole life and get on there. And we don't even know if he's qualified to fly the thing or not. We just trust that he can. And yet some of us cannot even ask the Lord sometimes to bless our food when we're over hungry. friend, today, God is wanting some faith Where is your faith? Faith produces something in our lives. It produces a love for God. Paul wrote to to the Galatians, said, In Christ Jesus' circumcision availeth nothing, no uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. If you're in a genuine relationship with God, your faith is a working faith that loves God and you love what God loves and God loves people today and people that are around you today, moms, dads, brothers and sisters are without faith and we sit there and we joke with them and we kid with them and we haven't spent a time, a minute in the closet with Jesus for them. Where is our faith today? Whom are you putting your trust in? You think former President Trump's going to come and fix it? Huh? You think Joe Biden, President Biden's going to fix it? Hey, President Biden needs a good dose of Holy Ghost, Heaven-sent salvation, and that'll fix it. And if President Trump is lost, he needs a good dose of Holy Ghost, Heaven-sent salvation, that'll fix it. Our country, front of my needs to return back. I said in my closet, and I'll say it to the church I prayed, oh God, return us back to the forefathers of our faith that our fathers uh, that started this country said, This country will not exist without faith in the Word of God. Abraham practiced his faith. But Elijah had a praying faith. Elijah was on the Mount of Carmel. And I, I get tickled every time I read it. In 1 Kings chapter 18, 36, 37, he got on the Mount Carmel. He made the challenge with the false prophets of Baal. You remember the story. And Elijah said, you take your bullock and you cut it up the way you want to cut it. And you sacrifice the Baal and you call on the Baal. Just go ahead and call on. And they were out there dancing around, calling on Baal. And and Elijah said, I can't hear him. Can't hear nobody. Maybe, Maybe he's on a fire journey somewhere. Maybe you need to wake him up. Maybe he's sleeping. And he was just pouring it on him, wasn't he? But then the man of God, Elijah, did what God instructed him to do. He took 12 stones. The 12 stones represent the 12 tribes of Israel. He put them, made an altar. He dug a trench around the altar. He took four barrels of water and and put the bullock on that altar and took four barrels of water and four times under a drought he took four barrels and poured it and soaked that entire altar and that sacrifice and filled that ditch up around that and you read it An old friend of mine Elijah prayed a prayer of 63, 62 words of faith back to God and old Elijah basically was saying I did what you told me to do Lord I've obeyed you and here's the prayer basically God if you don't do something nothing's gonna happen and elijah said the prayer and the fire of god fell and it licked up friend of mine the water around the trench and it licked up the sacrifice the stones the dust and it all it was gone because it was a prayer of faith today where is your prayers being a friend of mine why are they not being answered today only natural for a Christian to have his prayers answered it's unnatural for a Christian not to have his prayers answered according to God's will faith the second thing you all still with me stay tuned in now don't change the channel Okay, leave it right there a minute Better not leave the world without faith. <laughs> the second thing you better not leave the world with is in Hebrews chapter nine, and the Bible tells us in nine twenty two, it says, <clears throat> "Almost all things by laws purged by blood." Excuse me. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You will not get to God apart from the blood of the Son of God. Amen. Better not leave this world without the blood of Jesus covering you. And Hebrews, uh, the first from 18 to 22, the word blood is mentioned six times in there. It's always been <clears throat> by blood. I'm losing my voice. It's always been by blood. When Adam and Eve sinned, God. Uh, uh, sent cherubims into that garden. They took animals, they skinned them, and they shed blood. I don't know how God conveyed the message to Adam and Eve that it was blood. I'm speculating that the angel looked at the ground and looked at the blood and looked at Adam. I'm speculating that the cherubim looked at the blood and looked at Eve. And God, through revelation, communicated to them that the only way that you'll be able to meet me is by blood. The only way you'll have fellowship with me is by blood. I'm telling you today, friend of mine, and you go to the first sacrifice of Cain and Abel, two brothers. Cain carried the best of his fruit uh, to, to God. God would not accept it. You know what the Bible says, Brother Terry? The Bible says they've went the way of Cain. What does it mean to go away of Cain? It means to try to approach God, friend of mine, by your own means. It means to take something that you did and offer it to God, and God can't accept it, friend of mine. And what was Abel? Abel's sacrifice was blood. Blood. And the Bible says it was a more excellent sacrifice. And may I say to you today, this morning to the church, this morning, friend of mine, it's always been by blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And you know, friend of mine, what the way of of Cain is. It's to sit in a congregation like this wearing a religious mask and pretending to be something that you're not, friend of mine. That's what, friend of mine, religion does. Religion will fool you right out of heaven. Religion's the quickest route to the fire. If, friend of mine, if you have a religion that's not carrying you to the word of God and not carrying you closer to the Lord Jesus and not carrying you to the songs of God and not carrying you to the people of God, why would you trust it to carry your soul out of your body when it leaves your body? It better be by blood. Blood. Revelation 5 and 9 said, They sung a new song. Dot, worthy, take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. If you see the inside of God's heaven, you're going to shout and sing over there because of the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, friend of mine, was shed on a cross many years ago. And all the Old Testament figuratives, friend of mine, of animal sacrifice was a shadow of Jesus Christ that would come. Listen, this thing started with one lamb for one man. Then it was one lamb for one family. Then it was one lamb for for one nation, and now it's one lamb for the entire world. For God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten son, uh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What have you done With the blood of Jesus Christ. You know why people today are coming in and out of the churches. Like a bum. uh, Like a train passes a bum on the side of the tracks. It's because brother Leo. They ain't been washed in the blood. I remember when I got washed in the blood brother Scott. 56 Dunlap Street, Gainesville, Miller Gainesville, in an old fashioned order when I couldn't get to God, God came to me. I didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. There was just two things I knew that night who the sinner was and who the Savior is. God revealed that to me by the Holy Ghost. I didn't know all what was going to take place. I stepped out. I fell trying to get down to the altar. I was so loaded and laden with my sins, friend of mine. I thought I was going to go to hell sitting on the pew where I was that. I come under conviction by God and I'm here to tell you when I stepped out God saved me. I stepped out by faith that God gave me faith to believe and then God gave me grace to be saved by. That's why it says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God not of works lest any man should bow. Grace supplied the blood and faith must apply the blood. The Bible tells us we're redeemed by the blood. First Peter 1.18 following, for as much as you know you've been redeemed not with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversations, or by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish and without spot. All oh, what Jesus had to go through for you and me to be redeemed by his blood. He looked forward to going to Calvary because he saw you and me and we needed Jesus Christ's blood. You better not leave the world without the correct faith in God. You better not leave this world without the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I remember when I was without the blood of Jesus Christ, Brother Warren. I was an old hippie, an old wicked, ungodly drunk. That abused a friend of mine. My family and my wife. But one day. God came by. My way. And I took a dip. In the blood of Jesus Christ. And I came up clean. As white as snow. And as far as God's concerned. There's never been anything wrong with me. Because I stand before you today. Justified. And that means just as I have Never sinned That's what the blood of Jesus to do. The blood of Jesus Christ was just justification's not you doing right. Cain tried that. Justification is God declaring you right, and He doesn't declare anybody right outside of Jesus. You without faith today. You without the blood today, I got some good news for you, you can come to Jesus. I mean if God's dealing with your heart today, you can come just like you are, and you can come down and tell Jesus what you are, because He'll reveal that to you by His Spirit. Salvation is the operation of God, it's not the operation of the church. It's the operation of God. I am so grateful to God that salvation is not nothing God just pronounces over somebody, but it's a work that He places in somebody, and that is Jesus. I've never been alone. I've been in some lonely places, Brother Lloyd, Sister Jerry. I've been in places in the ministry where I didn't know what to do next. I've I've been where my wife couldn't help me. My kids couldn't help. My grandkids couldn't help. Nobody could help me. But I promise you this. Jesus was there with me, Brother Scott. And he strengthened me. Whom have you placed your faith in? Have you placed your faith in whom God placed your sins in? If you have, it's genuine faith. Lastly, y'all did good today. Amen. My voice is gone. I've got some kind of a sinus thing going on. I think Mike gave it to me a while ago. He'd come down to me and he wasn't looking good. And like a dummy, I leaned over on him and said, what's going on? I got bad sinuses. <laughs> you better not leave the world without Jesus. In John chapter 15, we ain't got have time to go over it. I've got, a lot, I've got several hours in all these notes and it's hard to try to consolidate it in a half hour or so. But in John chapter 15 and verse 5, turn with me there, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, Jesus is teaching about fruit bearing. And he's talking to his disciples, and that's what we are today. We're his disciples, we're not apostles. We're disciples of Jesus. We're learners and followers of Jesus. And he tells them in verse number one that he's the true vine. And that word true right there means genuine. He's the true vine and that separates him from anybody else. Because that's the true and only vine that there ever was, ever is, and ever shall be. And he said, we are the branches. And you go down on down to verse number five. And here's what I want you to see. It says, for I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Let me just talk to the church just for a moment right quick. Without Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. Church, will you help me there? Will you help me and pray that I learn that lesson down here? Will you help me to understand that there's nothing that I can do without him, Brother Terry? Would you help one another to realize that we've got to be connected up to the genuine vine in order, friend of mine, for fruit to be produced in our lives? It's not your fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It is what God produces, friend of mine, in Christians' lives that are connected and willing to understand this point without him you can do nothing the reason i believe friend of mine we're so dried up today is we're trying to do state things without god the holy spirit and it won't work it doesn't work it won't it won't meet What God says. What does the Bible say to the New Testament church? Ephesians 5.18 Be not drunk with wine where it's in excess, but be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. Not filled with yourself. Not filled with the world. Filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit... You yield yourself to God. It's not a one-time feeling. I had to ask God to fill me with the Spirit this morning, Brother Scott. And tomorrow I have to ask Him to fill me again. It's an ongoing feeling. You don't tow a car to a gas station that don't run to put gas in its tank. It won't run it out. You only take a car, a friend of mine, to a gas station whose tank is empty. And you get your tank filled. What do you tank about that? Amen. I tank, I'm right. But on the other hand, Paul said that in Christ Jesus, I can do all things. Is that a contradictory? Oh, no. You can be made by Christ to do all things that God designed you to be. I've read commentaries, Brother Scott, and I've read brilliant men, way smarter than I'll ever be, and the common denominator of being filled with the Spirit of God is simply this, you becoming the person God intended you to be When he placed himself in you. Are you that person that can say, Lord, I can't do what I'm doing and there's no way I can do anything eternally any good unless I abide in you. What are you trying to do without God? It won't work. God can't accept it. Paul wrote to Romans and 12 verse 1. He said, I beseech you. You know what the word beseech means? I beg you. I beg you. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. You realize that the New Testament is the only testament that requires a living sacrifice. That all the other sacrifices had to be put to death. Except for the sacrifice of the New Testament. It's the living sacrifice. It's you and me. Filled with God's spirit. True to the design that God designed us to be. Anything other than that is shortcoming. That in Romans chapter 12, by the way, that is talking about the Christian's consecration to God, and it's talking. About the Christian's conduct. Let me read it again to you. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed. There's your conduct. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Consecration to God requires you to yield your members back to God. The problem that we have is, and Paul addressed it in Romans chapter 6. He said, neither yield ye your members, your instruments as unrighteousness unto sin. Do you know what I have a problem with? I have a problem with yielding back to my old man. My old man a lot of times wants to run the thing. And if you set back, he'll run it. It's my old nature. It's my worst enemy. I heard an old preacher preach. And he said, your old nature's like an old cat. An old dead cat. Just reach it down there by the tail and just pull it out. And I got to thinking, well, that sounded good. But then I got to thinking about it. The problem with that is my cat's got nine lives to it. And it keeps wanting to come back. And Paul said to rule it dead because of sin. It's dead because of sin. What do you want to do carrying around your flesh all the time with you? One of the prison inmates, I believe it was in Tennessee. I, in fact, I, I think I know it was. In Tennessee, it was in, I was preaching in a prison there. And one of the inmates came up and said, I'm, he was from Arizona. He said, I am be glad to get out of here and get rid of you loud mouth preachers that are coming up here and preaching to us. I said, that's good. I want you to go back to Arizona. But do me a favor. The first hotel you stop in, and the first mirror you look in, the biggest problem's with you, you gotta drag around with you.
1: You, me.
0: Paul is teaching us in Romans that we're to yield our members to righteousness. What is your members? Your members are your eyes. What are you looking at? That you ought not to be looking at. Jesus said if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It's better to get rid of that thing than to go on and looking at something God said not to look at. Your members, Brother Ra. You got a problem with your ears? You listening to that honky tonk? Bobby Sue run off with Billy Bob. The Bible says, friend of mine, to have your ears listening to spiritual hymns from God and His Word. And if it's not spiritual, Brother Scott, if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. What you guys are listening to? What's we're listening to today? No wonder God's grieved in our lives. Take your two lips. What's your lips talking about? You listening to gossip? You telling gossip? Telling lies? Going around telling untruths? Exaggerating? Huh? Yield. Those lips back to God, and they'll begin to sing and pray back to God. Your hands, what's your hands handling? What are you handling today that you ought not to be handling? The Bible says, friend of mine, hey, listen to lift up holy hands. Without wrath, not doubting. The Bible says, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Your hands, friend of mine, is your works. What you do down here? What are you doing? What are you doing, and who are you doing it for? Yield your hands back to God. And there's your feet. Your feet are fascinating in the word of God. There's something about me today that you can't see that's beautiful and that's my feet. Well, the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of them that carry the gospel and glad tidings. The reason that sinners came and they fell at the feet of Jesus. And they kissed his feet. Was because those feet was carrying God and God is the only one that can forgive sin what's your feet shod with today is it shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace or is it like friend of mine a lot of people today uh, a lot of, lot of Baptists today are wearing sneakers they're sneaking around doing things amen Then the other Baptists are wearing steel-toed shoes. Nothing penetrates them. Hey, you can preach all day. Sit there and they'll fold their arms and look at you. Like a big-eyed boy at a picnic. They ain't going to do nothing. They, they said, I've already made my mind up. This is far as I'm going. I'm not going any further. Because of little faith. You better not leave this world. Listen to this preacher right now. Listen to me. You better not leave this world. Without the proper faith. Bible faith in God. You better not leave this world. Without the blood of Jesus Christ. Covering you. And you better not leave this world. Hear me. Without a genuine connection. To Jesus Christ. Our Lord. The ones that are not connected to Him are the limbs that fall off. They're gathered together and they're placed in a file. I'm closing. Without, without, are you here today and you're without? <laughs> you can come today and get within. You can have access within. If you'll come just like you are. That word without. Brother Leo. Is resonating in my life today. I'm seeing people all around me now. More clearly. That are without faith. That are without hope. That are without the blood. That are without The connection, the genuine connection of the new birth. These liberal preachers the last 25 years, I've listened to them. These lying liberals, they've got up Brother Scott and they said, God is the genuine father of all of mankind and all of God's children are God's children. What a liar that is. You're not a child of God when you're born in this world, friend of mine. Listen, that's why you have to be born again. This is why you have to be saved by the grace of God. Hey, the only way in this world is to be born in it. And the only way out of this world is to be born again. And I'm telling you, friend of mine, you must, you must be born again. Don't ask me how God does it. I don't know. All I can tell you is I've experienced a new birth. It changed my life my wife's a witness to it. I prayed for my wife for 19 years straight that my wife would get saved in one glorious night. Faith, friend of mine, was exercised in her life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And my darling wife was saved by the grace of God, friend of mine, because God, friend of mine, it was a prayer of faith that went to God. And God moved, friend of mine, upon the behalf of the children of God that had been prayed with me for my wife and I'm here to tell you my wife was changed I'm a testimony to that she's a testimony to my life we've got nothing to hide here today friend of mine we're children of God we're saved by the grace of God and your best friend of mine be connected to Jesus Christ in these last days because these are days of deception Paul said, What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, and you bought with a price? Glorify God in that body, which is His. I'm not throwing off on nobody right quick, but I know preachers that better preachers than me, they're out on the Internet, and I'm not on the internet. I don't, I don't get on that as far as looking at all that stuff, all that mess out there. I don't want that mess. I got enough mess. Sitting around tables drinking liquor, drinking booze, going in and sneaking off buying lottery tickets. Can't trust God. I'm telling you, we're in the last days. You get washed in the blood. You get washed in the blood. And you'll get your thirst slacked. Anheuser-Busch can never slack my thirst, but Jesus slacked my thirst. Never had a drop of alcohol, Brother Terry. God is my witness since I've been saved by the grace of God. How about it? Are you saved? Are you right with God? Don't leave the world without those three. Without faith. Amen. Genuine faith. Don't leave it. Without the blood. And without a genuine connection to Jesus Christ. Come to the instruments, Brother Terry. And sing us a song. Will you do that? That's our message.